Alright, so day one of level four. Day one towards finally moving into a world without restrictions. And what do you guys do? Hmm? I saw the images of what was happening at the promenade in Cape Town. I saw people who I don't think are runners out and about. People at the promenade. Are your houses five kilometers away from the actual ocean in Cape Town? I don't understand that. I don't understand if you understand the impact of your actions on all of us going forward. I don't know if you guys understand what they mean when they say there's a thing called a pandemic that's hit the globe. The coronavirus is deadly. Hey, that you can pick it up pretty much anywhere and take it home to your loved ones and spread it and spread it and that we don't have capacity as a country. There have been lots of conversations around provinces like the Eastern Cape and uh, KwaZulu-Natal. I don't think nearly enough is being said about what's happening in Cape Town. I don't, I don't, I don't think so, what's happening in the Western Cape. I don't think so. And I think what we saw on the first day of the Level 4 regulations of the lockdown was slightly concerning and not just cape town eh? i'm not going to just blame Capetonians. i think we need to also quickly look at what was happening in gauteng yes joe beggars also came out in their numbers to the streets to the streets i was like i'm ready to start a petition if they if they decide to not let us run anymore but i was so excited like this morning i got up like half past five and i was like yes so I stood by the door until five to six and when those gates opened it felt like freedom day all over again. Did you hear that? Did I just hear correctly? This gentleman just compared level four to freedom day. Really guy? Do you understand what Freedom Day is about? Imagine comparing this, right? Regulations that the government has put in place to protect you, hmm? you and your loved ones to Freedom Day. Do you understand what it took to get to Freedom Day, eh? Do you know what this country's been through to get to Freedom Day? Level 4 of Freedom Day is <laughs> Guys, this thing is not a drill. If we fail, we go back to level 5. And you need to remember, state of emergency has not come into play yet. I feel there are more stringent measures that government can pull if we continue to fail to adhere to the regulations, if we fail to play ball. On Saturday, we had said we're consulting in that consulting doc consultation document. We had consulted about allowing cigarettes and related products, tobacco, and as you remember, even at the press conference itself, there was quite an opposition to that. And even in the public comments, there was quite a lot of opposition. More than 2,000 people opposed it. And of course, the government then took that into consideration, debated the matter, looked at it, and decided that we must continue as we are when it comes to cigarettes, tobacco products, and related that we should not open up the sale of 
products. The attacks on Dr. Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma are unwarranted. I'm sorry. I think that's ridiculous. For people to stand there and, and, and like very serious thought leaders to stand there and say, yeah, she completely undermined the president. First of all, Dr. Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma belongs to a cabinet that serves at the behest of President Cyril Ramaphosa. Secondly, the National Command Council is headed by President Cyril Ramaphosa. That's the council that did the U-turn, not her, the entire council. You must remember, we are served by an ANC government, and the ANC prides itself on what? What? That thing that frustrates everybody? That's right, collective responsibility. So there's no way she reached that decision without a consensus. What was also interesting this week, I must quickly point out, is the finance minister, Tito Mboini, saying he lost that argument. He wanted the sale of alcohol to go ahead. He wanted the sale of cigarettes to go ahead, but he lost that argument. Obviously, you know, Tito's thinking about the economy and then was trumped by the doctors in the room because they're thinking about health, yeah? As you know, besides the effects of tobacco itself on the person's lungs, but also the way sometimes tobacco is shared does not allow for social distancing, but also uh, actually encourages the spread of the virus because when people share a cigarette, obviously if one of them has the virus, it will be shared amongst them. And then they'll go home and, and, and then spread it at home. Another thing that's caught my attention, or at least has left me feeling really, really worried, is the fate of migrants living in South Africa. Millions and millions of Africans are in this country. They've all traveled south looking for milk and honey. There is no milk and honey, but now everyone's in a state of distress. That's what we've been seeing across the country. And one can't help but wonder what happens to those who are not carrying that green South African ID booklet. As part of our coverage this week is to find out What's happening to these so-called non-South Africans, the migrants, the refugees who are in the country in the middle of the lockdown? I'm joined now by the African Diaspora Forum's Dr. Abdul Elgoni. Dr. Abdul, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Doctor, I imagine you are very busy. I imagine that during this lockdown, you are not idling, that a lot of people are calling on you asking for help. Yes, it's true. So many people are calling, asking for help. And as you know, there are a number of people, especially the Ethiopians, the Somalis, the Bangladeshis, the Pakistanis, they have a lot of spaza shops. Yes, yes. And and we were working with them, distributing thousands of, uh, of, uh, of hampers, especially in Soweto, in, uh, in Pretoria, I think it is another township there in the city center in Yeovil. So we were very busy trying to sort the names and the, and the people and the number of families. There are people who are only two, there are people who are seven. There are places where you will find 16 people are in one house, bachelors. It is a very complex thing. But anyway, we hope Doctor, that COVID goes away. This corona goes away and leave and leave us alone. We have managed to speak to a few people, actually, Doctor, um, that I do know that the diaspora was trying to assist. Were you surprised by some of the stories, the level of distress and hunger that is being felt across parts of even Gauteng as you are helping out uh, in the streets out in the province? Yes, to be very frank with you, yes. And actually, I, I, at some time, I felt ashamed of myself, to be very frank with you. There are thousands of people who are just hand-to-mouth, surviving hand-to-mouth. 
and it is very difficult for them and I have seen it first hand. It kills your heart. I imagine it does. I mean, I've seen images of very long queues and heard that these are foreign nationals looking for food. Are you upset in any way with the government? The South African government has prioritized its citizens. Are you upset that they didn't take into consideration other Africans who are living in the country? To be very frank with you, I am not upset. I am just unhappy about it. To be very frank mm. with you, if if there is very little food, the first one who gets are your immediate relatives. You can't go to the neighbors if you can't feed the relatives. So it is understandable in that way. But the, the unfortunate part of it is that the way it was done made, made the migrants, asylum seekers, and refugees look like they are enemies of the state. So when we went to ask for support from other, other donors, People immediately, when they know we are the migrants, they don't want to support because they don't want to support the enemies of the state. It might not be the intention of the politicians to, to show the migrants in that sense, but this is what has happened. This is why I feel it is really unfortunate that some of the, the xenophobic utterings have actually uh, uh, didn't go well for the migrants. Help me understand how that unfolded. How is it that you felt the, the government of South Africa made migrants look like enemies. You see, let me put it to you this way. When, when the minister of the uh, entrepreneurship and uh, whatever that says, the spaza shops in the townships, only South African spaza shops can open. The message that everyone will read is like this, is that we don't want any uh, non-South African to continue giving service to South Africans. Sure. And then after we fought very badly and we, we voiced our concern and other people voiced their concern and human rights people voiced their concern, then she reneges on the decision and she finds that she cannot, people cannot survive without all the spouses working at the same time. Mm, you're speaking about the small businesses minister, Kumbuzo Tabeni. And then in terms of wanting to go back, I've spoken to migrants who said if they knew the lockdown would be as difficult as it is remaining in South Africa without obviously uh, ID books, South African ID books, because they're not South Africans, they would have tried to return home. Are there migrants who are reaching out to you saying, can you help facilitate for us to go back home? Actually, today I received about five. Two, two Malawians, three Zimbabweans. They said we are struggling to go back home because we don't think we will survive if we stayed more here. So that's today. Have you received any more since throughout the lockdown? Is it often people are asking to go back home? There is another 500 uh, WhatsApp messages in my phone that I haven't reached yet. I don't know what is in them. Mm. In them. I was actually going to ask you, do you think that of some of the migrants you've encountered, the refugees and the likes, do you think they've got a few more weeks to get by, a few more weeks of food in the lockdown? Because while the lockdown is coming to an end this week, it's actually easing down. It's relaxing slightly, not a lot. The majority of messages I received and I have read and sent to our, our uh, distribution group are using the word starving, which means those people are really in, difficult, uh, in a difficult situation. Definitely. And I know you said you don't know, but I need you to almost give me a glimmer of hope. What do people do, you know, 
those who are starving i am wrapping up the conversation with you and i'm asking you just one more thing those who are starving those who don't know where to go what do they do doctor to be very frank with you i am left speechless we have to get resources to feed those people we are going to go back again to our own the our our brothers and sisters who have spaza shops we are going to go to the businesses that are owned by migrants and we will ask them to give more they have given the most difficult part of it is that people were not prepared for this they never thought something will come out of the blue and suddenly overwhelm them all and make them helpless you see one of them today said i i i was scared to to die from corona but now i am sure i will die from, from starvation one of the messages today i don't know if he's, he means it or he was joking but this is this is one of the messages of today means it. dr my final question to you has got to be about those who are feeling in distress or those who want to reach out to those in distress you and i have spoken about this i do know that there are different ways to reach you can you maybe share a way an email maybe that people can use to get in touch with the diaspora to either offer help or to ask for help during this period thank you very much for for this question actually there is a need and it is a big need and we hope people will reach to us. We created a team who is just responsible for this. We create an email to receive all support, all requests for, for support, all requests for support from the migrants and other South Africans also. It is adf.secretariat10 at gmail.com. All right, so adf dot secretariat 10 at gmail.com i'm hoping people will come through and come with a helping hand thank you so much for your time doctor and thank you very much for taking the pledge of the of the migrants and the asylum seekers thank you very much absolutely it matters thank you that was dr abdul Elgoni, the chairperson of the african diaspora forum talking to us about what they're seeing on the ground the helplessness the distress and as he put it the starvation being experienced by migrants refugees in south africa during this protected lockdown uh, in the battle against covid 19. This week will be another week without the top three with Tandwa. That's usually brought to you by my colleague Dizek Tandwa at the Politics Desk here at News24 as we continue bringing you rolling coverage on the coronavirus outbreak. And that's it from us, actually. We'll see you again next week. My name is Tidi Madia and this was produced by Noctula Magnati.